I'm Tyler, Patrol Group Hot Dog Dennering. I'm Connery, Big Purple Bangs Hanson. I'm Dana, getting the robot Hollander. <laughs> Get in the robot, Dana! Get, Get in the, the robot! robot. <laughs> I'm supposed to have sympathy for you. I don't remember what the guy says. Get to the Gundam! I think he gets slapped. There's a lot of slapping in this movie. There was a lot of slapping in this film, but we'll get into it. Emotional slaps. We'll we'll get into it. Not to jump ahead too much. There's a lot of slapping. Fun little Uh, teaser for the listeners. (laughs) Yeah. Can you guess what movie we're talking about? Is it even more confusing because it's a cut down of 13 episodes into a movie? Oh, that's why it feels like it's forever. God, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I got to I gotta talk about Gundam somehow, and I think this is the, the easiest way to do it. Probably. <laughs> it's in movie form, but hmm. this is the franchise, the podcast where friends get together to talk about movie franchises. Sometimes we cover movies that explore Bill Murray's body, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, other times we explore, never mind, I don't like this analogy. No, I'm sad I wasn't there for that. Yeah. <laughs> it was Osmosis Jones. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes of we, we dive into the body of Bill Murray. Other times we dive into the cockpit of a Gundam. There you there go. go. There you go. That's the transition point that I was looking for. Perfect. <laughs> but uh, in case you can't tell by now, we're covering the first uh, Mobile Suit Gundam movie. Mm-hmm. I almost said Me- Metal Gear Gundam. That's something totally different. Metal Gear but, Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's the first of a trilogy of uh, Gundam movies, I guess, of the original, um, I guess so, of the original, <laughs> I don't know, thousand minute plus long Anime? series. Incredible. Um, and here we are, joined by Dana Hollander of the Are Weeb There Yet podcast. Hi. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. That's a good We're name. We're excited that you're here too. Yay. A, a true anime aficionado here. Mm-hmm. We call ourselves anime experts. I don't yeah. know if it's earned, but I guess at this I point so. I have I have seen. We're on episode. We just recorded a episode 165. Ooh. Wow! So I've seen at least three episodes of 165 different animes. Wow, that's yeah. pretty great. Yeah. Are we franchise experts, Connery? Would we consider ourselves experts? Um, on Twilight and uh, Hunger Games, yes. The other one, I, I think it's marginal. You did the Hunger Games first, right? Yes. Yeah. I love the Hunger Games so much, and like, in, I'm like, I was like looking at your episodes, and I was like, God, I wish I could have been there, but I would have gone off. I have too many thoughts about the Hunger Games. Uh, That's okay. Well, if we ever have a Patreon, we'll, we'll do inevitably it again. have more Hunger Games content there, and. Undoubtedly, at some point, maybe we'll record Hunger Games because it was our first series, and uh, I was at my lowest confidence point in recording. (laughs) Yeah, get me in there. We got some good bits, though. Dirty Wet Hog Bread. Start it off. Dirty Wet Hog Bread. (laughs) Just just have a Patreon exclusive where it's just me talking about all the Hunger Games movies for four hours. Perfect. I'll just I'll just drop off a microphone or I don't even have to do anything. You have your own microphone. Yeah, so. she can do it. Just, just, you can just send us a send us a four hour long clip. I won't edit it at all and just upload it. <laughs> Uncensored, uncut. <laughs> I'm ready. But uh, yeah, Danny, you've touched it a little bit. But uh, can you tell us a little bit about your podcast? 
Yeah. So we kind of call it an anime book club. Every week we watch three episodes of an anime. It's not always the first three, but it usually is. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we recap what happened and discuss our feelings. So it's fun. We've seen a lot of garbage, but we've also (laughs) seen, yeah, we've also seen a lot of really good anime. So Nice. Which exists. Some people might think it doesn't, but it does. <laughs> no, good anime exists. I fully I fully have seen it happen to me where I'm like, this is actually really good. I'm going to watch all yeah. 100 episodes of this. Uh, yeah, my threshold is like, when I was younger, maybe I would have watched a 26-episode anime. But at this point, I'm like, 13 is good. <laughs> and done. That's enough. <laughs> yeah, so instead of three episodes, you watched 13 technically for this one. <laughs> wow. Well, there you go. All, that's that's your limit. Yeah, all crammed <laughs> into two hours and 19 minutes or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. And now you can say to your co-host, hey, guys, we should cover uh, Mobile Suit Gundam. Yeah. And not not tell them you've already seen it. You're like, yeah, I got I got already, a week off. <laughs> I've already been prepared. Already ready. Uh, but before we get further into the uh, movie itself, we have to do our usual segment of what is new? <laughs> Thanks, Connery. <laughs> no problem. So it took a little longer this time than usual. Well, but. I realize I'm not leaving myself enough space where I have to like really zoom in in the editing to like make the space for the. <laughs> so that's my own slight editing effort to make my life easier. Mm, gotta get that stinger. Exactly. This is our usual segment of anything new that we've been watching, reading, listening to. I don't know, eating even? Eating, yeah, <laughs> Cooking. playing. Oh. Any interests that have been happening in your own personal life <laughs> in, the, in the recent recent history. Uh, so we'll start with Connery. How about you? Well, in preparation for this uh, podcast and podcast episode particularly, and the fact that I wanted to get back to it, I've been watching Naruto Shippuden once again. Wow. So I'm back on my Naruto shit. <laughs> and... <laughs> Boy, howdy, there's a lot of filler episodes, so I've just been <laughs> jumping around a lot when I just read descriptions. I go, we re- revisit Naruto's childhood, and I go, no, 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 no. And it's like nine episodes I skip for, like, back to the battlefield. I'm like, oh my god, it would have tore my hair out if I had to wait every week for this to come out. <laughs> is, but, uh, is Shippuden the, the original one? No, Shippud- also- Shippuden's the one where he's a teenager. Oh, okay, right. Because he's not a teenager in the original. He's like 12. Yeah, he's 12. So now he's 16, and he's uh, very overpowered at this point. I'm at like, the final fight with Madara, and things are getting nuts. There's a god lady that just woke up, and, I, and I've taken a break because I watched too many. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm exhausted now. So I'm gonna <laughs> That's put that enough down. of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm almost done. I think I have like 10 episodes left to go of like, actual like content. Wow. How many You're seasons are there? Uh, there are, I can, don't know how many seasons are, but there are 500 episodes of Shippuden. Wow. Yeah. And you have 10 left. Yeah, I have 10 left. But yeah, again, that's what's skipping around. That's wow. crazy. How many did you watch total then? <sighs> I don't know. I think uh, over like Thanksgiving weekend, I started and then like, and you know, they're like 10 minutes long each. So I don't know, maybe like 30 or something. Wow. But of 500 episodes? <laughs> of yeah, 500 episodes, only 30 are worth it? No, well, kind of. That's the thing. Yeah, I, I would say that. There's, there's a lot of jumping around, and then they just, like, they keep going back to his childhood. I don't know. Mm. Or, like, talking about Itachi for way too long, and I'm like, 
I don't give a shit about Itachi. I might be the only Naruto people who doesn't care about Itachi. I'm just like, <laughs> he's dead. I get it. He's why Sasuke is mad. I don't care anymore. <laughs> bring me back to my boring Naruto. Yes, like, bring me back to the main <laughs> plot line. I just want it to be done. Connery, here I was imagining you watching like 400 episodes this weekend and you just had a Sharpie in your hand like notching off on your arm like you're in a jail cell. <laughs> right, one. Second episode, third episode. Check, 400. check, check. Uh, But yeah, so that's what I did. And, th- and then I'm working on trying to beat Dark Souls 2 so I can be an official Souls veteran when Elden Ring comes out. Hmm. Do you get like a special hat or anything or a, a patch? Um, I-, I think they send me a medal in the mail. Wow. <laughs> that'd be cool right <laughs> like from soft actively doing that they should get on that write them a letter i will say so i deserve this give it to me but i guess that's something new with me uh tyler what's new with you um also in part to prepare for this episode uh well actually i watched this like months ago but i still want to bring <laughs> this up uh, I was revisiting and watching and like watching for the first time a lot of the Dragon Ball Dragon, Dragon Ball Z movies. Yeah, because mm. um, I watched all of Z and Kai, and I remember watching a lot of the original Dragon Ball when it was on mm. way back on Toonami, like I don't know, <laughs> over ten years ago, fifteen years ago. How old am I? Yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there. I had a I got a Funimation subscription for like a mm. month. I'm sure nice. you have that, Dana. <laughs> You'd be surprised to hear I don't. Ooh, <laughs> is it cr- Crunchyroll or should we not get into it? <laughs> I, I watch my anime very legally. Thank you. Gotcha. Wink. Gotcha. <laughs> well, anyways, I watch it on Funimation. <laughs> my favorite one I've watched so far is Dragon Ball Z Wrath of the Dragon. Ooh. Um, it's at least in like top three out of the, I don't know, 10 or 12 I've seen. Is that and, the one uh, where Shinyu turns into like a person or something? Uh, that's it. I don't think I've seen that one yet. This one, there's like this warrior that comes from a different dimension, and he's kind of like Link in that he has a sword and also an ocarina. It's basically an ocarina. Oh, is he the purple and red demon guy? Uh, he's purplish, yeah. I don't think he's a demon. He looks like a demon. <laughs> but he's like the only one that can defeat this like giant skeleton monster uh. by playing the song and everything. And mm. uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it because there's some like weird cross-dimensional time travel stuff but even more so um like everyone's like powering up i think goku turns super saiyan 3 and like everyone's like super powered up and everything but they can't do anything to fight this giant skeleton monster (laughs) so it's like a combination of a kaiju movie with dragon ball z as well as like something like a, a super powerful thing that you can't beat by Doing the one thing everybody in Dragon Ball does is just getting super powered up and like punching, <laughs> punching. things. So I really I, I like that a lot. It was like a you know a flip on the usual situation. It's kind of like when Superman is like fighting anything magical, he just like sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So well, that sounds like just then, like your cup of tea. Yeah, yeah, it was it was nice. Um, a lot of the movies are just kind of like just standard. I mean, they're just, like, pumping out stuff sometimes, yeah. you know, just to, like, hey, buy this VHS. But um, It's the ninth Brawly movie. Yeah, exactly. There's so many. There's, like, four Brawly movies, I think. Something like wow. that. And those ones weren't on there. There's, like, Brawly, Bio Brawly, and then there's, like, the Dragon Ball. Uh, Super. 
Super one, yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched Super yet, but I'll get around to it at some point. I love Super. But, uh, but yeah, I guess I just have a lot of nostalgia, because like, in high school, I'd like come home, make some Top Ramen, and watch Dragon Ball Z Kai. So I was like, gotta revisit that. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, and then I did make a point to finish Star Wars Visions yesterday. Nice. Oh, yeah. The anime series. Have you watched any of those, Dana? I haven't. I'm vaguely interested, especially since one of the episodes is animated by Studio Trigger. Um, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm kind of whatever about Star Wars. I like it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I should watch it. I'm sure it's really cool. There are some yeah. fun ones. I mean, I haven't. Yeah, there's some fun ones. There's some ones that are just kind of like meh. Mm. <laughs> um, it's kind of a mixed bag, I think. And um, even like. Well, even for me, I mean, the whole concept is it's kind of like a sampler plate of different studios, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. But at yeah. the same time, it feels, um, um, well, I mean, I, I mostly like that as an idea. But then other times it just kind of feels like, is this like the best? This, I mean, that's not the point either. Like the best the studio can do. Like I'm sure they have a bunch of other stuff. And then Star Wars people are just reaching out and being like, hey, do you want to do an episode of this? Mm-hmm. And maybe some of them just kind of pumped it out. Because <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, sure, whatever. I, I mean, it's Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it probably pays pretty well. <laughs> but there's a couple I like quite a bit. Um, the very last episode, it's called Akakiri, which I was looking up, I guess, translates to Red Fog, like mm-hmm. roughly. And it's basically just the story of Anakin and Revenge of the Sith, but with different characters. Mm. Oh, neat. Where he wants to, like, you know, save his loved one, but he has all these, like, dark side visions and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but uh, I really like the visual style of it. Um, I don't know enough about anime or hand-drawn animation or anything to really describe it, but it feels a lot more, like, hand-drawn, um, more, more like, tactile. Not a lot of CG or anything in this one, which cool. I, I'm not necessarily opposed to, but I don't know. Sometimes it doesn't look so good. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Um, in anime. And then the other one was Toby. It's spelled T-0-B-1. And it's basically just, uh, what if Astro Boy became a Jedi? <laughs> and I really, uh, that's probably my favorite one because, mm. I don't know, I just like, I like any kind of thing to do with uh, android philosophy, I guess you could say. Mm. And just things becoming sentient. And then also just the idea of like a robot or android having force powers and stuff. I think that's really cool. So Yeah. It's only like, it's short, isn't it? It's like eight episodes or something. Yeah, it's nine episodes and they're all like 20 minutes or shorter each. Cool. That's doable. It is. It's very doable. And they're not, they're all like, like I said, like a sampler plate. It's not like cohesive in any way. So you can just Mm -hmm. kind of pick and choose whatever you want to watch. But those are two I recommend for sure. My favorite one is the one with the band. Oh yeah, that one's good. Mm. And uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt voices the main, the singer guy in that. <laughs> he does a good job. He's fun. It's just a microphone, dude. <laughs> yeah, his lightsaber's a microphone. <laughs> it's awesome. Sick. But yeah, Dana, what's new with you? I'll tell you. First of all, I'll take any opportunity to talk about my favorite book, which is The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. Oh, I love um, that book. It's my favorite book. I have a tattoo of a quote from it. Nice. Wow. I have a signed copy of it that Tate gave me. Hell yeah. Nice. Did Tate yeah. sign it? Yeah. It's <laughs> signed by Tate. I cherish it. I want a book signed by Tate. I would, I would definitely cherish as well. Yeah. Um, but it is, um, 
For those who don't know, it's a retelling of the story of Achilles from the perspective of his lover, Patroclus. And it's just like their whole lives. And mm-hmm. I read it for the first time, um, like summer of 2020. And I've started reading it again like six times since. <laughs> I've only finished it again once. So I've read it twice all the way through. Um, but I love it every time. It's beautifully written. She's a very talented author. She is. Did you read her other one? Cersei, yes, yeah. I did. Cersei's pretty good, too. She's not as good as Achilles. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Cersei is more like uh, like vignettes of her life, mm-hmm. whereas the Song of Achilles feels much more like a through line, yeah, even though there are like, jumps. Uh, yeah, it feels but... like I've lived his entire life with him. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the actual thing that I've watched recently is Maya and the Three on Netflix. Oh, what's that about? I haven't even heard of that. It is, uh, I think it's a nine episode series by um, Jorge Gutierrez, who also did El Tigre and uh, The Book of Life. Okay. Um, And it's about, um, it's about a princess named Maya who finds some stuff out about herself and then goes on a pretty epic journey. Mm. And it was really good. The last two episodes, I was like crying all the way through. (laughs) (laughs) Um. But yeah, it's very like, I think I said epic. It's a very epic journey. Like, it reminded me a lot, at least the ending. It reminded me a lot of Avatar, The Last Airbender. Oh, okay. Um, But yeah, and the style is really cool. His style of animation is really unique. And I can see how some people might find it unappealing, honestly. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's great. The character designs are really cool. And it's got really cool representation of like, Afro-Latinos, as well as, you know, other kinds of Middle America, Central America. So, it was really good. I highly recommend it. Yeah, it sounds great. I think I will. I mean, just looking at the cast list, too, it's stacked. Yeah. uh, Zoe Saldana, Gabriel Iglesias, Diego Luna, Gail Garcia Bernal, Rita Moreno, Alfred Molina. Mm -hmm. Yep. There's even, like, Danny Trejo, Cheech Marin, Rosie Perez, (laughs) Queen Latifah. They're all there. Wyclef Jean, or John. Um, Yeah, that's that's, that's stacked. Yeah, honestly, like, as soon as it was over, I was like, I want to watch this again, but, like, in one sitting. Because I really would love, I don't think they would ever do this. But if they like showed it in a movie theater, I would love to go see that because I think it would be really effective on a mm. huge screen like that. Oh, well, yeah. how how long are the episodes? If it's only like what you said, 10, 10 long, thirteen? Um, it's it's uh, nine episodes. Um, the final episode was forty something minutes, and then mm. they're usually about half an hour, I think. Mm. So it would be a little long, that but I would, would do long. it. <laughs> Yeah, you'd be surprised though. In like in LA, in LA, every once in a while they'll have something like that. I mean, yeah. Um, I yeah. guess I guess it's usually the first two episodes though. Like they just did that for Hawkeye for the mm-hmm. premiere. Oh. They just did the first two episodes. But when that made it, Made in America um, documentary came out, the OJ Simpson one, the director like insisted to screen it at certain places. So it was mm. like it's like eight hours long <laughs> in the movie theater. <laughs> But uh, I mean, I'm not opposed to that personally. I know I'm, I understand and know that most people would not be for that. But <laughs> I would love to just sit in a theater and like watch a whole thing on a big screen. I yeah. do it for the experience. I'll say that. Yeah, you know, you, you can get up. They should do like a couple breaks. You could get up and stretch yeah. your legs. But yeah, good old intermission. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but also, 
Uh, oh, I was just looking back at some of our old show notes, Connery, and uh, for Next of Kin, you said that you watched Dune in IMAX. Yes. And it just, it's just one of those things where I'm like, man, I kind of wish it was more, like, it kind of should be in LA, at least. Like, it's just, like, more accessible to go back. Like, I don't think I'll ever have the opportunity to watch Dune in IMAX again, you know? Is it is it not in IMAX anymore? I don't think so. Like, it's, mm. like, another movie just always replaces it, whatever yeah. the IMAX screen is. And it's just, just like, oh, well, I guess I missed that one blip in time because I was busy, so I watched it at home. Mm-hmm. So, it's just, I guess like, I am special. well yeah my mom actually she was saying that her and ben other hollander that hasn't been on the show other ben tate has been on for war of the planet of the apes yeah been on for something something Something. find something but yeah ben and her watched it because ben read the book he really Mm -hmm. loved it um and yeah they were watching it at home they just watched it at home and she said throughout the movie he was like i'm trying to imagine this what it would be like on a huge screen because I'm sure that's, like, the experience. Yeah, it's pretty massive. I remember when I watched it at home the first time, I fell asleep, like, a quarter of the way through it. (laughs) Oof. And then watching an IMAX, I physically couldn't because my seat was, like, shaking. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cool. Well, here's to hopefully long-form things going to theaters. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And um, just speaking to Madeline Miller, I haven't haven't heard, I didn't know about her or her books, but... Uh, I'll definitely have to check out both, and especially, uh, I mean, you said Song of Achilles is even better, but mm-hmm. uh, Cersei is saying it's from the perspective of her, like yep. the Odyssey yep. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I really like stories like that where it takes the original myth or story or whatever. Like there's a Neil Gaiman short story about uh, the witch from Snow White. Yeah, Ooh. that one's good. Snow Queen. Uh, yeah, it's like something, I have to look at the name again, but I just really like the opposite perspective things on like these age-old stories. Or glass yeah. apples, something like that. Uh, yeah, I, no glass apples or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I know that the next thing she's working on, she also, she loves Greek mythology. She mm-hmm. grew up, her mom read her the Iliad and stuff, um, but she also loves Shakespeare. Ooh. So the next thing she's working on is a retelling of The Tempest. Okay. Um, yeah, and I don't know a lot about that. But I know there's uh, she a wizard said, and an imp in that one, so I'm excited yeah. for that. <laughs> she said that's actually the one that she found the most boring. So like she <laughs> wants to take it and make it like interesting to her. That's cool. Okay, I'm into that. Yeah. I'm thrilled. I'll I don't know much about I like Shakespeare, I like watching it. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't know much about the Tempest. But I'm just excited for any new Madeline Miller content. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, she's great. I'll pick that up too. Mm-hmm. If there's a wizard in it, I hope they're pondering their orb. Oh. <laughs> Why are you obsessed with that meme? I don't know. Everyone loves it right now. Very uh, hot on Twitter right to, now. To completely timestamp this episode. Everyone's, everyone's <laughs> pondering the pondering their orb meme. And also the one with the man looking out the train happily at the oh, light yeah. and the other one staring at the darkness. That's oh, a good yeah. one. That's I saw one. Do you, guys, do you guys know the allegory of the cave? No, please tell. Uh, no. What'd you say? He said, please tell. And I said, uh, because I oh. kind of do. But then oh. I didn't want to say yes, because I'm like, I, I kind of forget. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't want to get into it too deep. But it's, I forget what philosopher it is. But it's essentially, it's men sitting in a cave and they're watching the shadows on the wall. Mm. One of them leaves and is like, oh my God, there's actual stuff out here. <laughs> and then he goes back in there and he's like, hey guys, there's actual stuff out there. It's not just the shadows. And they're like, no, you're crazy. This is all that exists. Oh. So I saw one of those memes, all that to explain a meme, 
it's it was the guy looking out at the mountains at the actual things and then the guy looking at the wall with the shadows on the wall no you're crazy (laughs) and i thought that was very funny i was like oh my god it's a good bit there's also Mm -hmm. another really good one from americana at brand memes (laughs) it's just uh it's just the 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 cave wall on both sides and the guy sad and it's driving north on the 405 and driving south on the 405 (laughs) right California Some... jokes. <laughs> yep, yep, it's good. It's your favorite franchise content than when we describe memes to you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, new segment. I mean, this this movie that we're gonna talk about wasn't over two and a half hours long, right? We have time to kill. Right? No, yeah, we got we got plenty of time. <laughs> uh, anyways, let's talk about the movie. Sure. Uh, does anybody have a personal history with Gundam? Have any of you seen any Gundam stuff before this? I've seen no. commercials on Toonami for it <laughs> when I was very young, but I never watched them. Mm. How about you, Tyler? Do you have history? Uh, just barely. I remember watching Zoids in <gasps> in like elementary school, but that's obviously <sighs> not Gundam. And just me mm. saying that probably made someone mad. <laughs> well, I'm <laughs> I had to watch Zoids for. Patrick Dugan, one of my co-hosts, hey. he's the anime idiot, and he, uh, Zoids is the only thing he watched when he was young, so every time uh. he has a birthday episode, we watch Zoids. <laughs> so, oof. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I just watched uh, Mobile Suit Gundam, the MS-8 team, I think I may have talked about on the podcast briefly. Hmm. Uh, I don't know over the, over the summer because I was just at my sister. I just like had finished a job and I had like a week off and I visited my sister and so I just yeah. sat on her couch and watched that for three a days. lot of good family time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, she wasn't there watching it. I think she was working. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that one's like uh, it, it follows similar themes to an extent of like, but not as much as this talking about child soldiers and stuff, but Mm -hmm. it's definitely an allegory for why war is bad and how the lines between good and bad are very blurred. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot more, it takes place in Southeast Asia, which I guess a lot of the mobile suit Gundam stuff takes place in outer space. Mm. Um, And this one takes place. It's very allegorical of Vietnam. Um, Mm. But I feel like it was a pretty good place to start. It's pretty like uh, contained in itself. It doesn't have a lot of other characters from other things its own timeline but yeah that's that's all i know about it but um did did you guys enjoy this movie (laughs) um dana what about you (laughs) it's um this isn't my kind of thing (laughs) um well thank you for being on our episode (laughs) no i am happy to be here i mean we talk about things on the podcast that aren't my thing all the time so um but i mean it was I we were talking before. I like this like early '80s animation, so that was really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just like it started, and it just kept happening. And now knowing that it is 13 episodes that they put into a two-hour movie, that makes perfect sense. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> there were moments where like you know it wasn't giant robots fighting the whole time, no. but when they weren't fighting. They were talking about world building stuff that was like, damn. And they kept introducing characters. And I was like, like literally half an hour before it was over, they introduced another character. And I was like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) 
Yeah, they don't go to like the royal family or whatever until the last twenty minutes or something. Yeah, so I was like, oh, good, five more new characters. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was mostly fun. I really like the character designs and yeah. the costumes. Costumes? That's not military uniforms. <laughs> Same yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> What about you, Connery? What's your general impressions? I kind of agree with Dana. I just didn't really, I didn't like it. I, I felt like it was really, really dull. Like, like watching it happen, I was just like, I, I kept pausing it and being like, how much longer? And then being shocked I had like an hour and a half more to go because I felt like two hours yeah. had already gone by. Mm. The pacing and, is definitely an issue. <laughs> yeah, it, it just felt glacial. Like, I'm not going to lie. I was... I was very, very like bored watching. I think even broke it up into a few separate chunks, and then I had to finish watching it this morning, and I was just like, "Okay, <laughs> well, buckle in, Connery, because we got to do two more." <laughs> I, hey, I know. I was, I was yeah, like, maybe I don't... the others will be more fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to keep watching this, yeah, but you do, because <laughs> like you war movies kind of turn me off in general. Huh? Like I was say, war movies kind of turn me off in general. Hmm. Uh, and Why so, I, I don't know. I, they just never appealed to me. Like, I've seen plenty of war movies with, like, Jacob and Joe. And there's been a few exceptions where I was actually, oh, that was actually cool. Or I was like, that was a fun watch. Because most of the time, I feel like they're very, like, America is amazing and everything else is trash. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, like, I like Fury a lot. I thought Fury was fun. Or not fun, but intense. And that's the thing. I'm like, they're never really fun. This was just like, yeah. War is hell, and then and then there's movies that glorified. Or you know what, 19, 1917, I like that one a lot too, because that one was just like, yeah, war is a terrifying hellscape. You don't ever want to mm. be there. What's more horrifying to you, Connery, nineteen seventeen or Verdun, the video game? Nineteen <laughs> seventeen. It had what I the depiction of what I actually believe hell looks like. <laughs> this is a game that I made Connery and some of our friends buy, and it's like a World War One simulator, and it's very tedious. What did you say it was called? Uh, Verdun. Verdun. V e r d u n. I wouldn't call There's it tedious. There's a steam sale. Though. Like yeah, keep calling it. There's a steam <laughs> sale. Yeah, get Verdun. It's it's fun. It's trench warfare, and mm. uh, you get killed really fast. And I think that's the whole thing of Verdun. Unless you're really good, and I feel like mm. it's us, and then the really really good people. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I ask our friend, past an impending guest turn O'Neill to play, he gets upset for me asking him. <laughs> And I'm like, you don't want to play trench foot simulator turn? Come on. Because literally, Dana, they have this whole thing where they've like described trench foot and how horrible it is and how easy it was to get it. And I was like, this is horrible. Well, I guess I guess I like uh, war movies more than you, Connery. And um, I, what I really appreciate about this is just how bleak it is at points, but it's it really is, like, candy-coated at the same time. Yeah, yeah. like, it's we like, were saying before we were recording, like, there's a whole scene where he's doing a bombing run of, like, the enemy camp, and the music is just like, da-da-da-da. <laughs> Smooth <laughs> jazz. <laughs> Elevator music. Like, this, what? <laughs> just civilians <laughs> just dying and exploding, yeah. Because yeah. Um, yeah, it, it sets up, like, a really interesting... Uh, I guess dichotomy is the word. Mm. <laughs> or contrast. I don't know. Those mean the same thing. Anyways, <laughs> um, just how popular Gundam has become, like, ever since its inception. Like, it's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
a lot of it has to do with the mech designs and everything. And yeah. I feel like it's also one of those things that's like, there's no way something can get that big without people missing the point of what the series is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's big, cool uh, robots. <laughs> but I think that also, what I also really like about this is that it is about like child soldiers and like mm-hmm. war propaganda and just like how horrible war is without at least using dialogue to be on the nose about it. Maybe some of the visuals are on the nose, but at least they're not like, this is why war is terrible. And then they go on yeah. a big monologue, which mm-hmm. I feel like happens yeah. in anime sometimes. Oh, all the time. That absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm at that stage in Naruto where they're like, I'm going to use the war to do peace in order to achieve peace. And Naruto's like, no, don't you understand? We need hope and we need to be be with our friends and be with those war is bad. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> Believe know. it. Believe it. He doesn't say that Believe anymore, it. though. Ugh, what's the point then? I know, right? I'm like, you had a catchphrase and you just, you haven't said it for 500 episodes. <laughs> Dark Naruto. Don't believe it. <laughs> Don't believe it. Yeah, we have, uh, my co-host Brendan is the only one who really does it, but we have an anime bingo card. So when we watch an anime, he checks stuff up, checks stuff off on it. And nice. one of them is info dump. So <laughs> it happens a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's certainly info dumps in this. There's definitely exposition and world building, like you said, Dana. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the pacing is rough because it's a cut down. But I do like when they go to... De- like, I-, I almost wanted more of the whole political landscape of it. But maybe that's coming from a disreputable source, uh, a.k.a. me, someone who enjoys <laughs> Phantom Menace a lot. I mm. uh, thing is, I agree. I started having fun and paying attention during like the royal party and like when they yeah. were talking about the royal family and stuff. I was like, I'm a little more interested now. Mm. <laughs> like That's I'm far away you. from I'm far away from what's his name and being a dick all the time. Like this is more interesting to me. Yeah, and we were talking about before we were talking about the. I'm sure Evangelion was you know inspired by this. Took yes. some inspiration from this. So there are some similarities between like this kid. And Shinji a little bit. But Shinji, I mean, you know, saying both of them are whiny, Shinji is actually a 14-year-old child who was forced into his situation, and it's yes. harrowing and terrible. Mm-hmm. This it's kid... like a Lovecraftian Gundam. Yeah. This kid might not even be a kid. He can drive. I don't know how old he is. Uh, but he just got 15. in. Yeah, is he? I think he's 15. Yeah. Okay. Well, he just got in. He just yeah. said, look at that big robot. Bye, I'm Dad. I'm getting in. <laughs> I'm getting in. That really yeah, wasn't a way. Where does his dad go? His dad's just gone. He dies. He does? I he died. He, he fell out of the hole. When, oh. when uh, Amuro, that's the main character's name, when yeah. he when he exploded the side of uh, the, you know, safe haven, side seven, is that what yeah. it's called? He, he fell out of the hole. And, like, that kid, he doesn't even know. He, he doesn't even know dad. for a long time. I was waiting. I was waiting for the consequences of his actions to fall on his shoulders, and it never really happened. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his his mom shames him, and that's about it. She, she says, yeah. I'm ashamed she, of you. <laughs> she shames him for murdering a man in front of her. <laughs> How could I mean, you do this? I mean, I mean that's the bleak. best possible way, I think, to shame someone if you witness them murdering another person. <laughs> yeah. I'm so exactly. disappointed in you. Yeah, like, I'm very disappointed in you. <laughs> But yeah, I was, you know, there could have been a moment of him being like, oh my God, I killed my own father because of what I'm doing. Like, and then being like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this war thing. Mm -hmm. But no. I mean, I would argue a little bit that he's, that he's (laughs) 
I, I at the very least like PTSD ridden. Like yeah, he's at least sad. Yeah. The end of the movie, he's just like he's like unblinkingly eating that sandwich, just like staring off into yeah. oblivion. And he doesn't want to do it, but people kept coming into his room and slapping him and making him go in the suit. And it's like he's a child. I mean, he's a teen, but he's not yeah. like no. he's still. A teen like soldier. It's almost more volatile. His hormones are going crazy. He's just like, uh. Yeah. He and Shinji do have that in common where it's like, you have to keep doing this. And it's like, I don't want to. And it's like, well, you have to. Yeah, I guess the difference is Shinji is like biologically compatible with the yeah. Avon or whatever. Eva, yeah. Yeah, the Eva. And this kid, anyone can pilot that, that Gundam. Anybody can do it. That's true. Yeah. What's what I haven't seen uh, Neon Genesis. So what's like the what's like the defining difference between that and and Gundam? I'm sure there's a big difference because um, it's but. Evangelion is less about war and more about it's very existential. Yeah, it's um, hey, you like you mentioned like this is candy coated. It's very much not. Evangelion is very much not. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like horny it's a, or it's Gundam. A <laughs> a little bit it's yeah it's got a lot of uh very i think sigmund freud would have loved evangelion <laughs> <laughs> a lot of maternal things a lot mm-hmm. of like father things that shinji has and mm-hmm. and it's, it's really like, good yeah and then like imagine the gundam it has like sentience and is alive mm-hmm. it's scary like there are moments not like horror but like there are moments where you're just like oh god yeah. Like these things are happening to this poor these poor children. And that's the other that's another similarity between this and Evangelion. Children pilot these things. Yes. Yeah. Not adults. They just jam yeah. in there and say, Good luck, your brain's gonna break. Yeah. Well yeah. I'm not sure why kids have to do it in this one. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, either. I think because he gets in it in the first place and then they're like oh he's the only person like i like how bare bones the skeleton crew is like even mm-hmm. the others the other pilot just ends up becoming the captain of the whole ship yeah because he's the yeah. only other one that can like fly <laughs> that's true it's really it's really bleak um, my it's favorite very much character a situation but my i don't know i'd be looking in the for... <laughs> in the whole thing is that that woman where they're just like can anybody like fly this and she's like i can I think I can. And she's just there the rest of the time. Yeah. I loved her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought, um, who was the purple haired guy? What was his name again? Uh, from the, the bad side? Yeah. Garma. Garma. Oh, yeah, Garma. I thought Garma and the Red Comet were dating for a hot second. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually, mm-hmm. he's like waiting outside the bathroom. I mean, he's showering. He's like, I'll see you later tonight. I was like, I was like, oh, they're secretly dating. That's cool. That would have been fun. Yeah, but then he's with random blonde woman. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever, man. Dang it. That's like a really mean dad. Yeah, he was a mean dad. Yeah, I was watching this with my fiancé, Paul. And as soon as, like, Garma and that girl were, like, fraternizing and, like, Mm -hmm. talking about, oh, we're forbidden love. He was like, oh, Garma's going to die. And I I said that, too. I was like, he's dead. (laughs) finished her dad is so like messed up though because even when he finds out that he's dead he's just like kind of tells her looking yeah. away from her and just like ah, i'm just telling her because i like have to like he doesn't mm-hmm. care at all and she's just like obviously heartbroken yeah because her her fiance or whatever died you know yeah the man she loved it's rough mm-hmm. 
And then he tries to do a suicide run, but he gets shot out of the sky. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's something I also like. I just like that, that, like, bleakness of, yeah, he's just trying to do anything he can to save face at this point, and he just blows up. (laughs) Just like, he can't even die, right? Poor Garma. Yeah. What about the, uh, just the mech designs in this? What what did you, what did you think about them on both sides? They're cool. Um, I, well... They're very the Gundams. They all are. They're all very toy esque. Yes. Um, which is cool. And like, Paul was showing me. I forget what series or movie it's from or whatever. But there's one where each country has their own Gundam, mm. and all of those designs are really cool too. So they're really good at designing these big robots. Yes. I also like the Zaku's. The, the ones with the, the like one bdi yeah, oh, yeah like those the, are fun the, the bad guys mm-hmm. people yeah mm-hmm. um which yeah i mean they haven't gone into it too much maybe we'll see later on in the series i mean obviously char is like a bad manipulative dude mm-hmm. who i guess like i don't know what his ultimate motivation is maybe he wants to become the emperor or whatever or just wants to blow up everybody <laughs> um but i like i like that the enemy in this the, the Zeon, like the Zaku's aren't as strong as the Gundam. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's actually the Federation that has like the really strong thing. Mm-hmm. And they even have that whole speech. Uh, Garma's brother, older brother, does that whole speech at the end, like the propaganda speech, where he's just like, "We have like a like one three hundred thousandths as much troops as the Federation does, or something like that." Yeah, and that was crazy. Still fighting. I'm just like, yeah. Why are we rooting for the Federation in some ways? But then um, I have a feeling that the Zeon, like separatists or whatever have some bad politics probably yeah. they seem pretty imperialist mm-hmm. just based on their uh uniforms and <laughs> their wardrobe. look yeah they seem it's to very... lean heavily into fascism yep <laughs> yeah well they're even saying like oh it's going into a dictatorship with this speech yeah mm-hmm. um, but um yeah i like this zaku design a lot like i think it's fun and it's the thing too, where you're like the enemy of the protagonist, like their suit looks more alien, so you kind of associate less with them. It's kind of like mm-hmm. Star Wars, where all the stormtroopers are wearing helmets. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I like Char's Zaku especially because he's just like way better of a pilot than <laughs> than our main character Amuro. Yeah. I mean, obviously he's really young. He's like naturally talented. Amuro is, but mm-hmm. but Char has like a. <laughs> He's really fast, but he can't do any damage to the other, to the Gundam. <laughs> He's just like, what yeah. is this thing made out of? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's interesting, like, obviously this is made in Japan and everything, but the Gundams are, like, red, white, and blue. So it's, like, <laughs> a very, like, American, like, patriotic kind very. of look. I love, he had a sword when he pulled out, like, the oh, lightsaber yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he used to use that more. Yeah. Forget Maybe he's the a little guns. traumatized when he like blew atomically blew up another like Zio <laughs> or Zion, mm-hmm. whatever it's called. That's true. That was pretty wacky. I wish because there was there was Gundam, Gun Cannon, and Gun Tank, and I wish the Gun Cannon one was just called Gun Gun. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> All the names are already pretty silly. It's like, yeah, these are definitely action figures. Like this show is meant to sell action figures. Yeah. Do you think Gun Gun Cannon, Gun Gun, and Gun Dumb will all fuse together for like the final like third episode arc thing, Tyler? Uh Dana? maybe that that'd be uh I guess it'd be kinda cool. I mean it would just yeah. be very large and Good. <laughs> strange looking, but it would be Megazord. Yeah, it'd yeah, be some Blastoise cannons on it. A big bad <laughs> Beetleborg. 
I don't know if I can imagine that that might happen, but I see. Who it. knows? Who knows? We'll know. <laughs> You'll know. You can tell me. <laughs> I like the blue one of of the Gundams. I think that one was my favorite. Like the bad guy that had the blue one. I'm like, I like this one. Oh, with mm. the shield. With the shield and like the horns. I was like, that one's cool. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a Zaku. It's 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 like a new improvement over that one. Yeah, and it can actually like hold its own. It has like the whip sword thing too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that mm. was really cool. Yeah, I liked I liked Garma's little ship. The little brown ship. Yeah. <laughs> Which little I don't brown think, ship. Yeah, I don't think that's necessarily a Gundam, but I liked that it was there. <laughs> Karma's little brown ship. Yeah, there he goes. <laughs> Wave at him. But Give a salute. <laughs> respect your soldiers. Yes, respect Troops. your commanders. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, what else? I don't know. I think, I think this movie slash tv show also does a great job at establishing a bunch of characters i mean not i'm not saying pacing wise but like Mm -hmm. char is a very compelling character and he looks cool even though he's the bad guy like he does he gets a lot of uh there's more political machinations going on with him than he to him just being like ha ha i want to destroy all of you you know yeah like he has an obvious end goal or not an obvious end goal but a secret end goal yeah we don't know what it is too yeah keeps you interested in that character mm-hmm. and uh even garma he's like he's kind of like the golden child in his family and he's mm-hmm. the one and you don't even know about his family until after the fact and you're just like yeah. oh now i kind of see how everything's falling apart because um i don't know his family's skilled but like even like one of his brothers like the big meathead kind of guy he's just like <laughs> oh i would have followed him as my colonel or whatever yes yeah, so i looked forward to him bossing me around when he was the admiral <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I'm obviously a big meathead, you know, like, I'm not going to accomplish much, but blow up a bunch of ships, I guess, you know. Yeah, he's like, point me in the direction, and I'll kill them all. I I liked that um, the main girl, hate her name, uh, Frau. Um, oh, yeah, Frau. Yeah, like Frau-bo or Frau-bo yeah. or whatever. And then, um, I forget the name of the, the blonde woman. Um, Iselina? Yeah, it sounds no, like, like, the... like Iceland. <laughs> Well, she was the one, um, not the royal girl, the one, she was like more toward the beginning. Um, I think you might have started with an S, but I liked that the two of them were, they like didn't take shit from anybody. Yeah. Like Frau is like the main girl, so she's there a lot of the time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when she's talking to Amuro, she's very like, in the beginning, it's like a little naggy. Amuro! But then, yeah, as it goes on, it's like she just knows how to handle him and i like that yeah she also has her whole family blown up in front of her yeah (laughs) her mom and uh grandfather whatever it was it seems like she hasn't had a chance to sit down and process that (laughs) yeah she got on the the ship and they were like hey you're like a nurse right and she's just like yeah also take care of this gaggle of children yeah look after these children (laughs) yeah it is very like 80s of like the perspectives where it's very like uh male teen protagonist and then yeah but it's also uh, like it's not like i don't know i feel like it's not the worst possible scenario of that it's like it's it's about a young man or like a teen boy becoming a man and like that i feel like that's very the the the, like Mm -hmm. at least one of the themes in this yeah but at least characters like frau aren't 
just there to support him. Like they kind of have their own agency, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> like there was that her. Yeah, there was that one part where he like didn't want to get in the gumdom for whatever reason and she said like I'll fly it and I was like <laughs> cool and then that didn't happen yeah. i was a little sad i was like i want to see her try but she probably would have died that yeah. probably would have been the thing if she well, that, did. that gundam's unbreakable she just could probably get her ass kicked or something then he'd like yeah. deploy in a spaceship and be like get out of my gundam yeah but i, I do like the other guy um what's his name all the names are pretty funny yeah <laughs> like there's chief denim i think uh-huh and then i, I don't huh there was donzel Dazzle. Uh, he was something like Diesel. that. Yeah. And then yeah. there's Gene, who I think is the Xeon guy who wants to blow up all the civilians. Right. Mm. And his name is just Gene. <laughs> <laughs> He's like Gene. <laughs> uh, oh, maybe Gino side. Never mind. Uh, Boo. Yeah, never mind. I wasn't trying to make it. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ensign Bright is the guy who who drives the core fighter, and then. And then mm. becomes the captain. But mm. I like the core fighter a lot, especially how it docks on the bottom of the ship. Oh, yeah, that just, was like, cool. just, like, kind of lands into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think just... that's that was the most interesting thing for me, I guess, about the whole thing was all of the, the both the character designs, the outfit designs, and the, the Gundams. Just, like, you know, when you build a sci-fi world, you have to think about how all of this stuff is going to work. So, like, things like that. It's just cool to see. Yeah, like, Do the you... actual mechanics of it. Yeah. Did this uh, movie motivate you guys to go out and buy a Gundam model kit? Funny story. We were with some friends yesterday, and uh, our friend Sierra was joking about she she makes Gundams. She does Gundams. And she was like, oh, Paul, you should come with me and get into Gundam. So (laughs) he watched it with me and was like, I got to. I gotta get into this. I can't build one without having seen anything. He has seen a series or two, I think, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I uh, I used to know a lot of people who were pretty into it, but I personally am not. That's yeah. okay. I don't think I'm sold yet either. If, there was a, if there's a Lego version, I bet Tate would get one. Yeah. Okay. That boy 100%. loves Legos. <laughs> <laughs> gotta have Tate on for the Lego movie. That's right. There are two of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, never, I never made any of the... Uh, gundam miniatures and stuff like that i know i know they get pretty big too but mm-hmm. just all that stuff like model planes and everything i'm like this is way too technical and small parts for me like it's definitely for like i totally understand people being really into it it's just not mm-hmm. for me because i don't have that mechanical mind <laughs> yeah but if you do i could see how it gets very like addicting and you're like oh how does this little piece work and put it together mm-hmm. um, it reminds yeah. me of when i was when i was younger and I, I really, I loved going to the what's called Warhammer store, and yeah. seeing all like the monsters and figures. And then one year, I think for Christmas, my mom got me like a set to like paint and stuff. And I learned that I had one no engineering ability to like click the things together, nor the ability to paint them. Mm. And I was, yeah. like, I was like, I was like, I can't do it. And I was so sad and I was so mad at the same time because they looked so cool, but I just couldn't like do it. And I was like, uh. And there's so much <laughs> money to buy like pre-painted. Mm. Yeah, they are expensive, and I realized that I was terrible at painting. And also, I mean, it's kind of fun doing the super glue, like gluing all the arms together. But mm-hmm. I get all over my hands. I'm like, I'm bad at this. That's what happened to me too. I'm like, I can't, I can't glue these together. I'm, I'm, I just made a big mess, and I remember just being so like resu- feeling so resigned and bummed out. Yeah, 
It's like a past and impending guest, Joseph Horn. He makes miniatures and stuff, and he actually can put all the little detail into it. And I'm just like, yeah, I would probably just like slap it with big brush and like make it look terrible. <laughs> I know exactly. Patience. That's that's like me too. I'm like, I just paint it one color and be like, here's mine, dunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to when like the first few times I went to conventions, I went with people who would like look really closely at the Gundam sets and be like, oh, should I get this one or this one? And it was cool to look at them, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't think I could ever do something that small and like tedious. I do. I've done um, a couple Legos, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, that's different. I don't think I could do these. Yeah, it's definitely something I appreciate looking at, but would Mm -hmm. never want to put the time or money into. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, and somebody see... else would do a lot better job at it than me anyway, so. I think there's a real Gundam somewhere now, actually. I think wasn't you're right. At, wasn't that There's the one that moves. Yes. Maybe. It was the Olympics. There was a Gundam at the Olympics. Okay, yeah. I saw a video of it. Yeah, some, one of the announcers, the American announcers, called it like a Transformer, and everyone on Twitter got really mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's that's crazy to like, Yeah. it's one thing to watch an anime about giant robots and another thing. To see one and see it moving, and it's not just like a statue, that's yeah. crazy. Well, I'm, I'm looking at Gundam models right now, price-wise. They range from $10 all the way up to $400. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised there's some that aren't more expensive than that, because I feel like even Lego sets can be like $800 sometimes. Yeah, I yeah. guess so. Well, like anime figurines oh, especially. Oh, here's one that's $450. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, here's we 700. Did... Okay, it keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> we did we did a segment on one of our episodes where we were guessing how much uh like the most expensive anime figurines were. And I think there's one, god, I forget how much it was. I think it was $150,000 and it was like a solid gold figurine of uh Luffy from One Piece. <laughs> <laughs> and you could only buy it uh, from a vending machine in Dubai. <laughs> it's a gosh You have to get lucky. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, God, things that's... like that get ridiculously expensive. Who owns that? Somebody does. Somebody. <laughs> Who wants it? Somebody's got it. I mean, it's, I mean, somebody does want it. There's, you know, like there's Disney auctions and stuff like that where people have parts of the original rides and everything. Yeah. <sighs> At least I understand true. the merit of that. I, like a golden Luffy statue. What's that? <laughs> At it's least pretty. it's not like, yeah, I mean, it could, could go way worse where it's like, I don't know. There's just plenty of like horny anime merchandise that you could also get golden, I'm sure. Touche. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I guess the character is very popular, yes. Anytime I go to Little Tokyo, like, and I go into one of the shops, you have to just look up to like above the main rack and there's just like all the horny figures everywhere. Yeah. So you actively look for the horny figures. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's not quite what I said, but I guess I did see them. <laughs> I I think anime figurines are really cool. Paul yeah. has one of um, Izuku Midoriya from uh, My Hero Academia. Oh, um, which one is she again? Uh, he's the he's the main boy. Oh, he's the main boy. Deku. Right. Deku. Yeah. Okay, there he is. I only yeah, know him. And by that's that a name. really cool one. But <laughs> yeah, they get very pricey. I one of the ones but. we saw too. It was like ten thousand dollars, and it was just a girl from this anime called Show by Rock, which isn't a good show. <laughs> but I guess it's like Sanrio also. Oh. So that's why the figurine is so expensive. Mm, but it's like the artist. Yeah. Recently I've seen oh, Sanrio is um Hello Kitty. Oh yeah. That company. Yeah. Um but I've also seen lately on TikTok I've seen a girl that collects like lewd figurines. 
And yeah. people are like, why are you spending your money on that stuff, weirdo? And it's like, I'm an adult. And she's like, I can do whatever the hell I want. I can yeah. do what I want. If I want to buy big titty anime figurines. <laughs> I'm going to get it. Get out of my face. Yeah. Or people you know who what this collect motivates me. I'm going to get a big... This motivates me. I want to get like a big Batman statue that's really expensive. Yeah. I'm going to say something else, Connery. <laughs> <laughs> a big, lewd, I'm going to get a big, lewd anime girl statue. <laughs> that's not my style Batman at all. Statue. <laughs> Paul got me my first figurine for my birthday, but it's a Peter B. Parker figurine from oh, Into the Spider-Verse. That's perfect. Oh, cool. I yeah, like, I love him. You know, I, this is... <laughs> That's one of my favorite Spider-Man suits, is the Peter B. Parker one. With the, the sweats? sweatpants? Yeah, just sweats, no mask. Yeah. Eating a I burger. Mm-hmm. You can give him, like, a... Co- he has different hands and stuff, and you can give him coffee. Oh, you nice. can, like, make him hold his mask, which is cool. Oh, that's that's cool. how I have him right now. Nice. Holding his mask, giving a thumbs up, because I was having a rough week, and I needed <laughs> Peter B. Parker to <laughs> make me feel it. better. <laughs> that's nice. I always be like, what does the B stand for? I'm like, probably Benjamin. Yeah. Connor, you could just steal the giant Batman statue from the Burbank Town Center. That's a brilliant <laughs> idea. <laughs> no one's paying attention. Just going we'll over to the heist. <laughs> I remember uh, I was waiting for Jacob to go see Dune, Dune at the IMAX there. And I he was he was late and I just kept posting selfies of me and Batman being like, You're late. Where are you? <laughs> We're waiting. <laughs> Hanging out with my new best friend Batman. Exactly. It's like Jim Lee Batman, wink. Jacob was late? Yeah. You should have just ran into the movie theater and abandoned him. <laughs> I should have. <laughs> like that one time he abandoned us when we went to go see Mad Max Fury Road. And we'll never, ever stop reminding him. We'll never let it go after six years. <laughs> no, it's worth it. Uh, well, uh, do we have any other Gundam-related things to talk about? Is there any... Connery, I feel you just said you generally were bored and didn't like it. Is there anything you did like? Anything I did like. I'm scrounging now. No, it's fine. I I like the I like the suit designs. I think that's the only thing I really enjoyed about. Like I've always enjoyed looking at the Gundams and being like, yeah, they're cool. But uh, I don't know. I, I I feel like I just need a I need a little more. I need some more activity. I need something cooler. I don't know. I think I was gonna talk about before. I forgot to mention it. This is something I've noticed in other anime too. Actually, in Zoids. Um, where there's like this disconnect between what's happening on screen and then the acting and the music. Mm. So like the acting is like very chill. And at times there's no music, like during the robot fights, there's just like no music. So maybe if there was like more of an intense score going on while we were seeing these giant robot fights, yeah, it would be more interesting and make it more intense. And maybe Tyler, you're right. And that maybe that silence plays to the theme of like, Hey, war is scary and bad. Yeah, that could be desolate like feel like no music and just explosions and like robot legs hitting the ground it's yeah definitely it's a choice yeah if that's what they're going for very effective but i will say every anime i ever watch when they have a kick-ass theme soundtrack that kicks on during the big (laughs) fight and i know the hero's gonna win i'm like all right let's do it i'm amped (laughs) yeah you love to hear the opening during a fight Mm mm-hmm that's that's the thing too where it's like uh, uh like i don't yeah like no music i don't think is either correct or incorrect for this it's like oh like you could read it as being the intention or maybe mm-hmm. there is just they didn't put music there <laughs> um they don't like like i said like they're not overbearing with the themes through dialogue but maybe mm-hmm. if they added a little bit more so you understood the intent i mean like obviously there's child soldiers and like people just getting slaughtered like mm-hmm. c- civilians and stuff 
Mm -hmm. but at the same time the Gundams like look really cool and everything and I personally take that as like oh it's kind of like a propaganda tool it's almost like Starship Troopers or something where Mm. it's like oh yeah like this is how we get um young people involved in the military is by making these really cool suits and uh it's and therefore also interesting teen people in uh real life that like this show and stuff without getting the larger connotations of what's going on in the story Mm -hmm. but you could also just read it as hey there's cool gundams like they're not clear (laughs) enough about what they want to say yeah because even like during the the air raid it's just like that like he brings up like the most light jovial music playing as he's bombarding this like military base basically committing war crimes but what if that's going on in his head (laughs) that's worse (laughs) that's what it is the whole time we're seeing this all through the eyes of amuro and in his head smooth jazz baby (laughs) um but like you're saying the no music there it's something i run through my head like subconsciously all the time uh Mm. the fight the lightsaber fight in rise of skywalker on the Mm. when they're in the water yeah, and some people are like, "That's the only lightsaber fight that has no music," as far as I know. And mm-hmm. uh, hmm. some people are like, "Oh, I think it's really cool and immersive. Like, you know, there's no music at all. It's just a really brutal fight." And the waves and, pounding against it. And for yeah, and for me, I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, I kind of get that, but at the same time, like, why can't John Williams just come up with another banger for this fight? Because you know yeah. he can. Yeah. <laughs> Give I mean, me Battle like, of the Heroes. I need it. Yeah, like that's like you know the fight sort mm-hmm. of of that series so like can you imagine if there's another song like duel of the fates uh like that john williams just busts out like, that's way more worth it than it being silent he yeah. did battle of the heroes <laughs> but then again that uh wait which one's that that's the one where anakin and obi-wan fight is that oh. what it's called yeah battle of the heroes hmm, hmm. let me check <laughs> i accidentally <laughs> typed in battle of the herpes Battle of the herpes. <gasps> uh-oh <laughs> that's a different thing <laughs> It is called Battle of the Heroes. You're right. You're right. Thank I'm you. sorry for ever questioning you. <laughs> um, but also that movie's kind of an editing mess. So maybe it was a similar thing where they're just like, yeah, just don't put a song there. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. J.J. Abrams said, fuck it. <laughs> We're doing JJ, it live. J.J. We'll Abrams live. said, Star Wars. What's that? <laughs> don't know. Don't know There's her. There's going to be war in the stars. No one's huh? going to see that. <laughs> We gotta find the Sith Wayfinder to find this plot. The Sith Wayfinder will lead us to the plot, okay? <laughs> the Rise of Skywalkers. Dana, when, when you worst. said, like, the the fight in the third one is, like, the fight of the entire thing, I, I just kind of sat here for a second and I was like, shit, you're right. That's yeah, between like, Rey and Kylo Ren. That's the culmination of the entire movie, that fight right mm-hmm. there. And it's not that great. <laughs> yeah. We can't talk about Star Wars, yeah. though. We can't. I, we can't. I talk about Star Wars every episode. It's fine. Okay. I won't get into my opinions. I don't like talking about Star Wars. Fair enough. Everybody has very differing opinions. And it's all about... It's all a movie about politics and space. That's so why People it's come so away from it thinking space very politics. different things. And Jar Jar is the best character ever created. And Jar Jar is the best character ever created. Jabba can... the Hutt is my dad. <laughs> what? Um, not that my dad is Jabba the Hutt, like my real dad, but yeah. Jabba the Hutt is my dad. Yeah. <laughs> he does have a dad laugh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some mention of new types in this, like, and they're like, oh, you might be an SP. And I'm like, what? 
I have to look. Is that espionage? But it's like ESP, like yeah. control. It's like, oh, he's just naturally really good because he has like brain powers. Mm-hmm. And this seems to come up a lot in like especially uh, Japanese genre stuff, like in Godzilla as well. Mm-hmm. Neon uh, Evangelion has that psychic shit too. Yeah, and a uh, Pacific Rim to an extent, I guess too. I mean, yeah. which is just influenced mm-hmm. by all of these things. Yeah. Um. So that hopefully they go into detail more later with that. They don't just randomly bring it up in this, but... Uh, <laughs> I feel like, th- I mean, this has got to be just, you know, them setting everything up, and then yeah. hopefully the next ones are a little more, you know, everything comes together. I like that. It's the lull before the storm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it almost feels like a great setup, if not for the pacing, and <laughs> yeah, that's about it. That's that's the biggest complaint I have, is the pacing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd agree you, with that. You feel it. Uh, does anybody have any final notes on this uh, this movie, I guess? If this is all set up, then I will spare it completely and be like, okay, cool. As a standalone movie, this was very, very dull. Mm. And uh, I would probably never, ever watch it again. If Yeah, I probably wouldn't watch it again. <laughs> That's my final thoughts. Yeah. I, um, I thought it was okay. I zoned out a little bit toward the end just because it was getting long. Um, I was there was a lot of slapping. We mentioned that at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, that was slapping. fun. In the beginning, he like backhands Frau. I was like, "What the fuck?" Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, not good. I, no. I guess I guess it's like to bring her back to like what's going on, but still, like you don't yeah. have to slap her. You can just give her like a shake, like "Hey, hey, hey." But yeah, but then but then throughout the movie there was more slapping. So yeah, it's truly a lot fine. of slapping. Everybody truly. got some, but yeah, it was it was interesting to watch and to think. You know, I just watched Evangelion, so like seeing this. And how parts of this clearly inspired Evangelion mm-hmm. was cool. So I liked that a lot, making those connections. Yeah, I guess I guess I gave it more credit than maybe not that it deserves, but just I just tried as hard as I could to contextualize it in it being like the. F- I mean, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's mech stuff before this, but it, this was kind of like the first big series. Yeah, it's like the I mech move. It's like the mech series. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, yeah, it, other things went on to become better than this, but this is kind of like the urtext in a lot of ways. So mm-hmm. Yeah, it uh, defined a genre. Yeah. Yes, it did. So, I mean, not to say that that automatically makes it better, but uh, maybe I just had more patience than I should have at certain points. Um, yeah, I like all the designs. Obviously, like like we all said, like there's even this like cluster bomb that they use at the like near the end, like these cracker right. grenades that they mm-hmm. say. Those, those look really cool. All the designs are really cool. And I just kind of like extracted what I want. I used my Star Wars brain to extract what I wanted <laughs> to like a lot of this, despite all the other crap that's kind of boring, you know? So that's a good talent. I probably. <laughs> yeah, I wish it? I could do that. It makes it me. It is. It makes me like forget that movies are bad sometimes, which isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> but you can um, step back and recognize it sometimes, and that's yeah. good. Yeah, I guess so. But, um, yeah. I'm looking forward to watching the rest of it because I feel like this is like a lot of buildup. Hopefully, I'm mm-hmm. not disappointed by that, but mm-hmm. uh, we'll find out. I'm but, excited uh, for you guys. Thank you. Uh, but before we wrap up, we have to do another usual segment. Beyond Critical Thought. Beyond Comprehension. Enter a new dimension of movie reviews. These are the Letterbox Logs. 
Dun dun dun. <laughs> Thank you, Connery. <laughs> so this is just a collection of reviews from the website Letterboxd, which uh, oh. I'm hopelessly addicted to and renewed my membership recently. Sponsor <laughs> us. Uh, you can just review anything you watch on there and keep a diary. So here we go. Yes. Uh, <laughs> this one is from Fick Riz. <laughs> I had to take a second to read it. Strong start. It's just in all ca- all caps and says, Emro, get in the fucking Gundam! <laughs> Four stars. Ooh. This is from Big underscore Gnome. <laughs> Rip my homie Gene. He just wanted to commit war crimes in peace. <laughs> Four and a half stars. Um, and here is from David David's Neighbor. <laughs> These are all such good usernames. <laughs> yeah. They are pretty good. <laughs> we love when the angsty young boys murder folks and dig robots for dubious causes. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's no writing on that one, but I still liked it. Yeah. Uh, okay, here's one Here's one last one. Titus Liker, 47. We're bad. Three stars. <laughs> We're bad. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's so not true. wrong. He wrapped it up succinctly. Um, I just have some quick facts before we go. Sure. This is just from my excellent research done via Wikipedia. Mm. Mm. Uh, in 40 years, the franchise has grossed more than $20 billion in retail sales. Wow. So, yeah, definitely a valuable franchise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gundam has appeared on postage stamps. The Gundam name was used as a code name for a Japanese self-defense force project to develop an advanced personal combat system. Good. Hmm. Uh, and as well as technical developments in firefighting. Wow. Uh, That's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> apparently there's a tram station that has a Gundam statue, and it plays the theme of the first movie. <laughs> uh, whenever it leaves. Um, and so on and so on. But uh, I found another little tidbit that was interesting related to um, the, co- the self-defense force and stuff. It says, in 2007, Japan's Ministry of Defense presented a paper titled... Toward the realization of Gundam, advanced personal equipment system, which Anime News Network noted as using elements of popular culture to attract young people to recruitment and public relations. Mm. So the J- J- Japan military is using uh, a assumedly anti-war series to recruit people into giant Gundams as, as young people, much like the series does itself. Yep. So that's How? interesting. That was interesting to me. Yeah. Don't you love it? That's like, that's like Mr. Beast doing his squid game. That's what that's <laughs> oh, like. Oh, yeah. Yes. I saw a clip Missed of that. the point. Oh, yeah. Spent lots of money, missed the point. Probably made a lot of money. But uh, that's America for you, baby. Yeah. And, and the Japanese military. Is that that psycho that goes around giving people like $10,000 to like let him slap him or let him slap them or something like that? Something. Or? Yeah. He know. does a lot of like silly competitions for. Yeah. Or like intense hide and seekers, like you can find me within thirty minutes. You get two thousand dollars, and his cronies like run around hunched over on all fours. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so now he's doing his own Squid Game, which is yeah. absolutely tone deaf and garbage. Anyway, yeah. yeah, that's kind of a true blue moron stuff. But anyway, <laughs> I guess when it comes to it, at least he paid production designers, and they got they got some work out of making a replica that's... Squid Game. Sure, yeah. That's like the horror I think about. But I'm like, no, that I'd never do that because that sounds that sounds so dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
but he's well, doing it. <laughs> well, there we have it, folks. There you have it. Everything we just talked about. Mm-hmm. It's all there. <laughs> it's all there in this episode, so just I rewind you if you're notes. joining here. Get a little pencil out and rewind your tape. <laughs> We're um, mailing this out on cassette yeah. tapes exclusive. That's, that's how podcasts work, right? <laughs> yes. This is our 90-somethingth episode, and uh, or maybe 100th. I don't even know 94th. Anymore. And, uh, you know, maybe that's how podcasts work. I should know, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyways, Dana, thank you so much for joining us today. Do you have anything to plug before we go? Uh, sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. To, I was so excited to be here. Thank you. Um, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, of course, there's the podcast, Are We There Yet? We're on everything. Um, W-E-E-B. Yeah, and then my social media is uh, honey period D on Instagram and honey D eight and honey D art on Twitter and honey is spelled H U N N I E. So, honey. Yeah. yeah, honey. We'll put it in the show notes. Thanks. Yay. Yeah, uh, Connor, what do you have to plug? If you enjoy the sound of my voice, you also enjoy tabletop role playing games. You'd probably enjoy Starship Impala. It's an actual play role playing game show where me and four other friends play the Starfinder game. Uh, it's available on SoundCloud, and it's available on the Apple I, Apple Podcast app. So yeah, over 100 hours of content. Wait for you to devour. Tyler, what do you have to plug? Uh, follow me at Tiami Vice. I've started to do some photo shoots again. I'm just like trying out mm-hmm. a bunch of different film and cameras and stuff. Just, uh, I don't know, just trying to do some stuff when I'm not working. Try some, try to do some quote-unquote art. <laughs> Whatever that <laughs> is. some art? Whatever that is. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> feel uncomfortable <laughs> talking about myself and art. You do art all the time. That's your no, job. I just throw yes. slop on the wall, and that's what it is. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if there's anybody there that can make a full-size uh, replica of a big titty Batman for Connery, <laughs> I'll gladly start a GoFundMe campaign for it. That's all I'll do, though. Uh, follow us Great. at Franchise Pod on Instagram, Twitter. Con- not giving Connery time to respond to that. Uh, Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, Facebook. Email us at FranchisePodcast at gmail.com for any questions, comments, complaints, concerns, compliments. Mm. Don't complain to us, actually. Give us five yeah, stars. On- <laughs> he always says, like, why do you want complaints? Because <laughs> I want to know somebody's listening. <laughs> All news is good news. Yeah, no news is good news, exactly. <laughs> oh, wait, you're right. That's what it is, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. That's the easiest way for you to support the show. It'll help us to grow the show. Uh, and that's all I have to say. Until next time, thank you, Grayson Hansen, for our artwork, and Nick Viverka for our music. And don't forget, Sieg Zeon. No. Yeah, Sieg no, that's Zeon. not good. No. <laughs> it's not good. Should I, should I change it? No, else? keep it. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, don't forget, fascism is bad, everyone. There you go. Bye, <laughs> bye.